Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Loud. Um, my name is Kelly Cisco. I will be your worship guide this morning. Um, a few announcements before we get started. Food pantry. Our church is in charge of the food pantry on Thursday, January 26th, and Thursday, February 2nd. Andrew, see Andrew if you want to help out with the food pantry, making sure he's paying attention. Um, this Tuesday is the first Lillian Faith Circle meeting of 2023, 10 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall, and we'll be making plans for the rest of the year. Uh, grief Share Group will begin on Thursday, February 2nd at 7 p.m., and they meet in the Serendipity Room. Grief Share is a special weekly seminar and support group help, designed to help you rebuild your life. Um, we have, there's an email and a website and the little extra insert in your bulletin. Um, also in that insert are the recent offerings. Those have not been on the bulletin recently, so you can see how um, our offerings have been recently. And last announcement that I had is on Saturday, February 25th, the Groveport Madison Area Community Choir is putting on One Hit Wonders. Um, Jeannie, there we go. We'll have tickets, 1 o'clock, 7 o'clock, $15. And um, if you want to see myself and Heidi potentially need oxygen masks after one of our dances, come on out and see us. It's not pretty. It will be pretty by showtime. We'll still need oxygen. <laughs> um, so if you'll please quiet your hearts for the prelude and the lighting of the altar candles.
Please join me in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please join me in the congregational prayer. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, good morning, church. And hello to those online. Welcome to our service here today. And those that will watch us later, welcome as well. We're going to be uh, going into a time of prayer at this time. Uh, I do want to mention to you again, uh, you're probably looking at the bulletin and wondering where some names are and why everything is so empty. That's because we printed these uh, a number of weeks ago now uh, when Melinda was still here. But we do have that insert that has on the back of it just a couple different prayer requests that were shared this week that we want to share with you. Uh, do you want to just uh, remind everybody that we do have a prayer request for uh, some of Joyce Galbraith's uh, friends, that Peggy and Beth both need our prayers, and so we want to lift them up at this time. We did uh, receive from Jeff Myers a praise that uh, some good news from the doctors, uh, so we're celebrating that. We know, of course, we're still keeping in our prayers, uh, knowing for the condition that you have been diagnosed with. I do want to just update you. I know last week I shared some uh, things about my dad. Um, I'll be going uh, down to see him. Hopefully leaving Tuesday and coming back Thursday of this week. And so just know that uh, if you need to get a hold of me, it might be a little bit hard to get a hold of, but still have my cell phone on me, so please call me if you need me. Uh, with that note, uh, the office uh, will be available Wednesday and Friday of this week. Nancy is still retiring uh, from her other position, uh, and so she only has a couple days a week she can come. She'll be here Wednesday, Friday this week, Wednesday, Friday that week, and then as we go forward, uh, there'll be some other changes, and we'll eventually get to the point will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but just so you know kind of when to expect the office. Uh, with that note, just please, if you have anything for the bulletin, please try to get it in by Wednesday. Uh, that way, we only have those two days to, uh, to make sure that it gets the bulletin right, and we need to print on Fridays uh, in these coming weeks. Do, uh, of course, want to lift up those prayer requests. Of course, our world as well, and many different things going on there. Uh, we do, of course, want to lift up our church. Tonight, again, is our vote that we're going to have for disaffiliation, whether or not we choose to disaffiliate or not. That, again, it's the time is at 6 p.m., but I do encourage you to come early. Uh, the reason for that is it's uh, really the prerogative of the DS tonight and how we do it. Uh, I did get to see an agenda, and pretty much it goes, uh, everybody gets checked in, there's a prayer, and then there's a vote. So uh, again, don't be late. Uh, I would highly recommend coming a little early to get uh, ready for the check-in when that uh, opens up. Uh, do remind you, again, a couple different things about that. You do need to be a member to be here tonight, um, to, uh, and there will be a check-in to come in to not only get checked off a sheet, but also to receive a ballot. Uh, we do uh, uh, have one person that's already helping with that. So we do have room uh, and maybe availability for one other person to help. So if you're interested in helping check in people tonight and helping people receive a ballot, come talk to me afterwards. Uh, we could definitely put you to use to help with uh, the office staff that will be coming on behalf of the, our district superintendent. And again, uh, I, people have been asking me just a few things. Just a reminder, I think the vote pretty much happens and there's not much other business that night. Uh, the one other thing that does have to happen is if we do choose to disaffiliate, we then have to technically designate someone that can execute papers and sign for the church. And so that would be the only other thing that would be business tonight. Other than that, um, I would expect maybe just a time of prayer either way. Uh, our vote goes this evening that the church will be open until um, if you need to stop and pray for that. Uh, with that note, just want to remind you, um, we'll be taking communion today. Uh, and with that, uh, I just want to just share this now instead of at communion time. But I just hope that you prepare your hearts. Tonight, of course, is a very big night for our church to determine the future of which way our church would go. Uh, as always, as your pastor, I encourage you to vote your conscience. I'm not going to try to sway either way. Whatever uh, your conscience says, I would do that. And don't make it complicated. Just vote your conscience tonight. Uh, with that, I do want to invite you, as we do take communion today, we do have this altar rail that's available. We have the front row that's largely available. Uh, when you come to take communion, just make sure your heart is right. What I mean by that is, as you take this vote tonight, you don't want to do it from a point of bitterness or anger or any of those type of things. If you have anything to settle with God, come settle it this morning uh, during our time of communion. Come lay it down. 
and a moment of kind of dying moments to ourselves, and to once again ask God to shine light in our heart so that when we take this vote tonight, we do it with a clear conscience, we do it well, and that we can look Christ in the eye and know that we've been faithful with what he's put on our hearts. Do want to also just mention we always want to pray for our shut-ins and also those in military service and active service. We continue to pray for them. Uh, and then again, the altar rail is open here today. If you want to meet with God in a special way, you're welcome to do that at this time. With all that being said, let's now go to the Lord in our time of prayer. Our Father who loves us, who loves us so much that when this world was created, as the Apostle Paul says, that even before the beginning of time, Jesus Christ was going to lay down his life for us. The Lord, even in creating this world, you knew things would go haywire, you knew things would go wrong, and even yet still, you gave us free will. God, in so many ways, those that have gone on before us, even us ourselves, those that will come later, use that free will in so many bad ways draw a wedge between our relationship with you, our relationship with each other, and even with ourselves. And yet, God, you still love us. And loved us so much, Lord, that when the time was right, Jesus Christ was born into this world, grew up, and was established, of course, growing further and stronger as he prepared for his ministry. When the time was right, he not only was baptized and declared once again your son, but also, God, that he shared with us the keys to the kingdom, how you would have us live, and how, Lord, we can change and purify our hearts and our minds to live according to God's purpose. When the time was right, he gave himself up. And he died on the cross for our sins. And that third day, he rose again, defeated death itself. The church was birthed through the gift of your Holy Spirit, which we have here today. God, none of these things we take for granted, but we are grateful to the very depths of our hearts and souls and minds to once again proclaim that we are your people saved by your grace. We are your people who you faithfully stood beside. We are your people who you constantly work through us to sanctify our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we could ever be more holy, be more like you, be more like Jesus each and every day. We thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us. You hold us strong. As we come to this moment here today to pray for our world and for people, Lord, we celebrate your work. For we know your hands are mighty. And we know your throne is open to us to come to you. So we come bearing these burdens to come. Lay them in your hands once again upon the only shoulders who are strong enough to hold them. And the hands that grip tight and never let go. God, as we're here, we pray for those who are burdened with many things, those that are sick, those that have lost loved ones, those that grieve here this day. We pray for those, Lord, who are lonely, 
those who need just a special touch of a friend, those who battle each and every day, waking up and finding purpose. We pray, God, for those who have bad news from doctors. We pray for those who just feel sick and, Lord, don't know how to feel better. God, we pray for those who go through many burdens of life, whether it be through losing life and home, whether it goes through losing relatives or being distant from them. We pray for them. God, this week we were moved to see our whole kind of nation come together and once again pray. Lord, as we saw a football player, Lord, who almost lost his life, have some miraculous things happen. God, as we just step back and look once again, even though in many ways on public television and things, God, we sometimes hide our faith in you. But when it comes down to it, Lord, we saw the soul of America. Praise. And so, God, we pray for our nation and our people to once again not be abashed or afraid, Lord, to proclaim your goodness. We pray, Lord, that we come to a place where we could not to hide our faith in the closet. But, God, that it would be celebrated and that people would not take offense to your name. God, we pray for those who come here this morning to seek your special touch. May you be upon them, be upon their families, be upon those that they come and represent here today. Whatever it is that they pray for, Lord, may you be upon their hearts and give them the desires and their wishes that they would know, Lord, that you are the God for them. God, we pray for ourselves. Make us into your image. We surrender to you. God, we pray for our church. Give us wisdom, especially for this evening. Give us kindness of heart to still love no matter what happens, to cherish all those we've been in faith with. Finally, God, as we come to you this day, we pray the prayer that you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We now come to a time in our service when you can give back with your tithes and offering. Um, You can give through the Ezekiel app, uh, which is also on the church website, or you can send a check here to 512 Main Street in Groveport, or drop it off in the plate in the back. Will you please stand for the doxology? offering, we give you all that we are and everything that you have entrusted to us. Come bless these gifts for the sake of your kingdom and glory. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Well, thank you, choir, for sharing that with us. That was beautiful and a good way to center ourselves here today. Once again, on the Lord's promises and what he's done for us. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning to those online and those that will watch this later. Hello to you. Uh, as we get started here today, I just want to share with you once again that uh, it's a special day for our church in many different ways. Uh, a special day, but a somber day, and also a very uh, influential day in the future of our church. And so... <coughs> If you've not been with us and just kind of watching this online or random and found a random click and, and found this today, uh, know that we may be a little emotional uh, just because we have some big decisions our church will be making this evening. And uh, as we share today, uh, we're going to rely on God's grace to uh, help us in this moment. You know, as a pastor, of course, I've thought long and hard of this day and what you preach on a morning like today, right? And, uh, and so I've thought long and hard and uh, what is the right thing to say? And I came to the conclusion that the right thing to do was to uh, focus on Scripture. Not that you don't do that during every sermon, but I thought Scripture could speak today. We could just let it breathe here today. I picked for us today the book of 2 Timothy. That's the whole thing. Not just a verse or two, but the whole entire book. We're going to be reading it and hearing it aloud once again, just like the early church heard this. Didn't necessarily have their scripture. They would read it aloud and they would hear it and try to memorize it with their hearts and minds to live it out in their daily walk. And I chose this today. And the reason why I chose it was because this is a special book. It's uh, kind of near and dear to me in my heart. And, and anybody who reads it, I think it's hard not to fall in love with it in so many different ways. And the reason why is because the Apostle Paul, you remember his story, he was Saul, the killer of church people the person who brought other church people to prison because he was Jewish and he was against Jesus and this whole new way of the message. You remember his story? He's on the way to Damascus, bright light shines, and all of a sudden Saul hears the voice of Jesus, sees a vision of Jesus, and Jesus says, why do you persecute me, Saul? You remember this story? He's blinded in that moment. He's brought forth and he eventually finds some people of the God and the people of God spend time with them and He's blinded for those, those days, but then eventually his scales fall off his eyes, it says in Scripture. And when they do, he can see again. But he spends the next few years with Christian believers and then sets sail, so to speak, and goes on many missionary journeys with other people that we meet in the New Testament, all sorts of people. But one of them was Timothy. And Timothy was near and dear to his heart because Timothy was one of those people Paul dearly, dearly trusted. Well, if you look through the book of Acts, the book of Acts that tells the story of the early church ends with Paul in prison, house arrest that is, in Rome. And he's awaiting his trial. And then all of a sudden the story ends and you almost wonder if Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, was planning on writing another book and just never got a chance or maybe we lost it in history. But Paul is there awaiting his trial. Well, if tradition is true, tradition sort of tells us the, the kind of historical understanding of the church is that Paul did not lose his life that day. He went before the Roman officials, and they at least let him go that day, but eventually he came back again, and next time he lost his life. And what I think, and many scholars debate this, of the, when the book of 2 Timothy was written and, and how it was written exactly in the timeline of Paul, but my belief is that this is the last words of Paul in the New Testament. And of course, as you read and hear some of the words that he says, he knows his time is up. He talks about how he's in chains, and this time it's very obvious that it's not, like, not metaphorical chains, it's literal chains that he's been dealt and is in. And you sense just an urgency in his voice. Then this book of 2 Timothy, he writes it, to pass the torch unto those who would come after him, knowing that his life is coming to an end. And so as this sermon says, this is Paul's final charge, if you will, as he gives Timothy the charge of upholding the gospel for the people of God that will still need to hear, and the people of earth who will still need to know Jesus, even once Paul's journey is over and comes to rest final. So let us pray today. Lord, we know the words of my mouth are straight from the Bible, so they're pleasing in your sight, but may our hearts and minds of everyone in this room also be pleasing all of this, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The book of 2 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, 
my dear son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that you may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us the spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace, the grace that was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it's now been revealed through the appearing of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher That is why I'm suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed, because I know in whom I believe. I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you've heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith, love, and Christ Jesus. Guard that good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know, everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Vigilius and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he has often refreshed me and been not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well how many ways he has helped me, even in Ephesus. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus and the things you heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men, those who qualify to teach others, endure hardships, just like a good soldier. No one serving as a soldier gets involved with civilian affairs. They only want to please the commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, do not be They do not receive the victor's crown unless they compete according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive the share of crops. Reflect on this, on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ from the dead, who rose from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not shamed. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain salvation, that is in Christ Jesus, and glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, he will also live with him. If we endure, he will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value, and it only ruins those who listen. Do your best to prevent, present yourself to God as one approved as a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hamenes and Philetus. They have wandered away from the truth. They say that there's no, the resurrection, that is, has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. 
Some are made for noble purposes and some for ignoble. A man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful for the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him must be gently instructed in hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to them to acknowledge the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with it. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women, who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janes and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved minds, who as far as faith is concerned are rejected, but they will not get very far, as in the case of those men their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions that I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life and Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know from whom you have learned it. How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that a man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in the view of, uh, and in the view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct and rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For there will be a time when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all your duties and your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful, helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left in Carpus at Treos and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the, the metal worker, did me great harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. 
But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Do your best to come to me before winter. Eubilus greets you, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. This ends the reading from 2 Timothy. Share these words with us today because if Paul was here, Paul was our leader, and Paul knew that his journey was about to end, he would say these words to us. The church, may the ways in which Paul encourages us, may we always hold true, no matter what lies in our future. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, Christ met with his disciples. And in that upper room, before the feast of the Passover, Christ took bread, broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, in these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we come to you and offer ourselves as a living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us. May you be upon these elements of bread and wine that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ. That in taking them we may be the body of Christ, redeemed once again and given to this world. Lord, may you come in holiness and once again bring us at last to your heavenly kingdom where we will feast with you and all the rest of the saints. We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours now and forever. Amen. I just want to remind you, as uh, I'm going to invite the communion stewards to come up at this time. A few reminders about communion here today. First of all, you don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to be a member of our denomination. If you're here today and you want to meet with Jesus Christ, this table is open to you. We also just want to remind you uh, that as you come, we'll be taking by intention, which is a big word. It simply means just rip off a piece of the bread, and you're going to dip it into the cup of juice and then take communion that way. We also do have the prepackaged elements for anybody that uh, may need those. Those will be available up as you come forward as well. Last thing I want to remind you is that these altar rails are going to be open. And so, again, before we have this vote tonight, make sure your heart is right with God. Make sure your heart is in the right place. So let's take time here today to make sure that we do our due diligence to be right, to be a church that's holy for God. This time we'll set the table. The table is prepared. Will those in the balcony and in the back come forward first?
Let us pray. Lord, thank you for proving your love toward us again. Amen. I'm going to ask you to please stand today and remember this. Jesus is our Lord. We are all Christians. We are all believers. He is the world to us. He is our life, our joy, our all. He is our strength from day to day, and without him, we would all fall. So please stand and sing this great old hymn. Jesus is all the world to me.
church, thank you for being in worship with us here today. Thank you again for those online. As we go, let's hear this benediction that again comes from 2 Timothy as we consider Paul's life. He wrote, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous, will judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but also to all those who long for his appearing. As we go here today, let me just say, Lord, that we don't know what happens tonight. I just wish to say to you, since this may be my last time to say this, I love you all and thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to serve me. I hope I have many more times. But if not, I love you and go in peace. May the words that are spoken here in Timothy be true of all of us. We can pass on that torch to those who come after us. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to say one more thing. For a long time, we sang this song as we went. And when you said as we go today, made me think of that. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of you might remember the words. But I'll lead you in them if you don't. Here we go. As we go, may carry that love into tonight no matter what happens we need to love each other some of us will leave some of us will stay but please keep that love for each other no matter what comes out of tonight amen